The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. The Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hello, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Item of the Week. The holiday shopping season is here, so it's time for Bubble Genius's Can't Catch Me Gingerbread Man Soap. It's a big-ass gingerbread man soap that you can enjoy without going right to your thighs. Unless, of course, you're washing your thighs, that is. Scented with a yumalicious gingerbread fragrance, all the decorations are soap, too. And at almost five ounces, it should last you a good long time. Only $7 at BubbleGenius.com, but if you use our promo code Bob and Chez, that's B. B-O-B-A-N-D-C-H-E-Z. You'll get 15% off your entire order only at BubbleGenius.com. And now let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters. Relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com, with Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza. Halt! Who goes there? Us, of course. Who'd you think? Oh, well, then that's okay. Okay, who, may I ask, are you? We're Rudolph and Hermie and Yukon Cornelius, sir. Who are you? I'm the official sentry of the Island of Misfit Toys. A jack-in-the-box for a sentry? Yes, my name is... Don't tell me. Jack. No, Charlie. That's why I'm a misfit toy. My name is all wrong. No child wants to play with a Charlie in the box, so I had to come here. We're hoping that your holiday is an extra special jolly day. I'm Ron Paul. My family and I wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas. Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. It is Tuesday, December 6, 2016. This is the Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. I am Bob Seska, and I don't know what I say. Chez is in here. Chez is in here. Chez is, uh, Chez is actually traveling today. He has another big uh, television job. Uh, television work. What do you think of that, Chez? Ch- the Chezbot 3000 is here today, though. Chez? Fuck you. Thank you very much for that. No. Just gonna, I mean, even when Chez isn't here, I just have to bleep the whole show. <laughs> because, because of the Chezbot. Fuck you. No, yeah, see, dude? Come on. <laughs> are you going to curse the entire show? Sure. Oh, okay. As long as we're, as long as you're sure. Sure. All right. Well, filling in uh, officially, filling in. It's not going to be the Chez bot the whole show. No, we're going to do that to you. Kimberly Johnson from the Huffington Post and Liberals Unite and We Are Woman and from the, uh, what should I say, the Daily Banter Facebook page. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and now, now you're going to get all the stalkers on Facebook. <clears throat> Hello, everybody. Kimberly Johnson, also from the Start Me Up podcast. You know, I've been on that show a couple of times, and I've never actually mentioned it on this show. I've, yeah. I've been, on, I, I've been on your podcast, Start Me Up, which you can find at patreon.com slash startmeup. Is that what it is? Yes. And uh, it's a really entertaining show, some great guests, some great conversations, including, it just, and especially the ones with me. <laughs> uh Okay, so we've got lots to talk about today uh, with with Kimberly here and uh, and Donald Trump. W- where are we right now? The, the Donald Trump apocalypse, the Trump apocalypse. It's day twenty one. <laughs> day twenty one. 
of the Trump tennis ball machine constantly <laughs> pelting us with. It's another thing. It's China. There's Taiwan. I know. The huh? carrier deal. Saturday Night Live. He's pissed back. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I guess, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, day day 21 of the uh, of the Trump dictator show. So. So, by the way, I, I forgot to mention it last week. Very, very special uh, thanks to Ed Zybeth, listener Ed Zybeth, who made this for us. <laughs> See, and all the people, Kimberly, who uh, tweeted me and said, well, oh, we love the clown car version of the Imperial March. Please, more, more, more. We want a ringtone. I mean, l- lots of people love this. Yeah. Give it another month. Yeah, really. <laughs> but by January, it's going to be like, shut up! <laughs> stop playing it! It'd be my entire Twitter feed. Stop, don't, we, God damn it, stop playing that. <laughs> and uh, leading the charge on that will be, of course, Chez. Of you. course. Oh, God. He's just so negative. <laughs> I know. Uh, Chez, are you concerned at all that I'm going to overplay the Imperial March? Chez bought 3,000. I'm not concerned. Oh. <laughs> Let's get into it. Already we're being silly, so uh, we've got to dive into... Uh, the actual serious news of the day. So um, I think I don't, I don't know where to begin because, of course, it's the tennis ball machine. It's just, I mean, take your pick. It's like uh, Trump roulette here. We just spin the we- big wheel, and what outrage do we land on today? Well, have you heard the latest about um, John Kasich? Yeah, John Kasich. Um, have you heard? Oh, my God, yeah, with the Electoral College. And they're talking about Republican electors defecting from Trump. Yes, and going for Kasich. And voting for Kasich, which which (laughs) I think we're going to say the same thing. Totally fine with that. I'm totally fine. Yeah, I mean, you know what? You mentioned to me that um, some feminists were pissed off at you when you said you would prefer Mike Pence. Yes. um, Well, you know, I'm I'm a feminist, (laughs) and so is Miranda. Anyway, uh, I don't know if if the audience can hear her, but you got from some feminists because they're you know so upset with him and his you know anti-woman anti-abortion and all that and it's like <laughs> right. you know yeah me too but you're getting the same thing with donald trump except for with donald trump you're also getting you know a threat of world war three exactly. and um so it's not to say that we're like ooh, pence is awesome no pence fucking sucks pardon my language i, don't, I guess you're gonna have to bleep me out but anyway um <laughs> Uh, Penn sucks, and so does John Kasich as far as women's issues. But I'll take any of them over over Donald Trump because Donald Trump is like really, really a terrifying individual. Yeah, I mean, much more so than your mainstream misogynist uh, Republican. Right, right. Well, that's just it. I mean, I, I even during the campaign, my big concern all along with Donald Trump was not so much policy driven because the guy has no core values. But the major concern that I've always had with Donald Trump is that he's completely unpredictable. There are a million things that he could end up doing that we don't even know what it's going to be. And it could lead to God only knows what. It I could mean, lead to nuclear war. I mean, all he has to do is piss off China enough. And that's, you know, that could be it. Yeah, it's knowing that there are these unpredictable things that is going to precipitate a, a destabilization, the yeah. likes we haven't seen maybe exactly. since, I mean, it's it's been recently, but during the Great Recession, there was a destabilization that occurred at that point in time. It wasn't driven by the president. It was driven by all kinds of market forces that at that point had been almost uncontrollable. Well, Donald Trump, D- Donald Trump himself is going to be the leading factor in the next big recession as far as i'm concerned there's got to be some big thing that's going to occur between now and donald trump eventually leaving office that is going to be manufactured 
by his big mouth and by yeah. his by his Twitter feed or something like that. Some ridiculous thing. Like, for example, the Taiwan call, yeah. which continues to have repercussions, especially uh, in China, of course, where uh, they're just they're scratching their heads just like everybody else at this point. And, and they're, quite frankly, and understandably outraged. Yeah. Uh, China is absolutely livid over President-elect Donald Trump's brutal Twitter comments on China's monetary trade and military practices. Trump slammed China Sunday evening for nip- manipulating its currency, engaging in unfair trade practices, and militarizing the South China Sea. Uh, while the Chinese Ministry of Foreign Affairs refused to be drawn in Trump's Twitter war... <sighs> Yeah, exactly. State-sponsored newspapers blasted Trump for his comments. I mean, it's just, I had to pause there on Twitter war because this shouldn't be happening on Twitter. Well, no. And the thing is, is that's why some, I mean, I would prefer Kasich over Pence because Kasich seems to have, um, I don't know, a better grasp on things. And, and, you know, aside from his misogyny and typical Republican idealism, if you want to call it that, Mm. he, he does kind of have this, you know, at least in the primaries when we were watching him. Um, handle himself with Trump, you know, he's he seems like a fairly reasonable man with that Republican ideology. We don't agree with that. But he's not going to piss off China. He's not going to, um, you know, tweet out these unbelievably ridiculous things about mm-hmm. other communists. He's just not going to do it. So, um, yeah. you know, I mean, I don't know exactly. The, the thing that um, concerns me about the electors is Clearly that, you know, if, if they were to uh, veer and go off and pick someone else, then I would believe that they might be frightened for their own lives. Yeah. And that's something that um, scares me. Well, that's going to be a major, major thing because you know that the uh, the neo-Nazis online and the, the people like that, that hacker Weave, who's already yeah. on record as, as threatening people who oppose Donald Trump with uh, with personal intimidation. Yeah. These electors are going to be. And there's already there's one in Texas that uh, pledged not to vote for Trump. There's another one who resigned his position as an elector, another elector, a Republican elector from from Texas. Uh, yeah. And then a, then a second one wrote an editorial in the uh, New York Times, why I will not cast my electoral vote for Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a Republican presidential elector, one of 538 people asked to choose officially the president of the United States. Since the election, people have asked me to change my vote based on policy disagreements with Donald J. Trump. In some cases, they cite the popular vote difference. I do not think presidents-elect should be disqualified for policy disagreements. I do not think they should be disqualified because they won the electoral college instead of the popular vote. However, now I am asked to cast a vote on December 19 for someone who shows daily he is not qualified for the office. Fifteen years ago, as a firefighter, I was part of the response to the September 11th attacks against our nation. That attack in this year's election may seem unrelated, but for me, the relationship becomes clearer every day. Well, yeah, I mean, I've been wondering about these electors and, and, you know, when they're in their living rooms at night watching television or, you know, when they're reading the news feed and finding, you know, what Donald Trump is saying on Twitter and all of it, his his um, stunt with Iran, uh, I'm sorry, Taiwan, you know, what are they thinking? I mean, they have children. They have people in their family that they're concerned about as Mm -hmm. well as being, you know, concerned for their own lives. Do they honestly believe that it's going to be okay? Do they honestly believe that a Trump presidency, it's it's all going to be okay? I mean, no. you know, a, a Republican is certainly not afraid of of some of the things that progressives are afraid of, like uh, privatizing Medicare or you know, getting rid of the Affordable Care Act. They seem to think that's a great idea. But beyond that, the stuff that the the stunts that 
tr- uh, Trump is pulling mm. are so worrisome and it's so much beyond it, it goes so far beyond the norm and how can they look at what he's doing and 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 cast that vote for him or you know the elector vote for him they have this uh stubborn and in some ways hubristic uh confidence in trump's ability to to run the country i don't think they're seeing it at all and the funny thing is 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 they also think that if there's any downsides if there's any sort of negative repercussions to any of trump's actions that they'll somehow be immune like oh well (laughs) The uh, nuclear missile from North Korea will discriminate between which American citizens it kills. It'll only kill the Hillary voters, but leave the Trump voters alone. (laughs) No, 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 no. That's not that's not how it works. And if a giant recession occurs because Donald Trump uh, uh, said something ridiculous to China and they pull out all of their. Uh, their investment in the U.S. economy and that collapses the economy. Well, of course, Trump voters are going to be negatively affected by that. Yeah. By the way, speaking of China, I have two new China sounds. I've got two new Trumps. Trump saying China sounds. I've got loud China. China. And then I've I've got <laughs> soft China. China. <laughs> so I've got Trump. Trump. I mean, when Trump is really being emphatic about China, it's China. And then when he wants to be subtle about China, it's China. <laughs> So, and then you can do them both together. China. <laughs> so, for example, when we talk about Ben Carson, Ben Carson has been nominated for Housing and Urban Development, and I, I do think we will come back to China. Uh, but, but first, <laughs> the latest uh, cabinet pick announcement for uh, the Donald J. Trump administration. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> threw up in my mouth a little bit. Um. Ben Carson is apparently going to be Housing and Urban Development Secretary, uh, clearly because of the word urban in there. (laughs) Uh, Donald Trump sees black guy and thinks urban, or vice versa, sees urban and thinks black guy. So Donald Trump has gone with his one black friend to run Housing and Urban Development. Yeah, that he he humiliated in the primaries. Yeah. And remember, remember in the second debate, the town hall debate, Kimberly, where there was an African-American man who asked Trump a question, and it had zero to do with inner cities. I mean, nothing to do with inner cities. It was like, what color is the sky, Donald Trump? And it was just, it was some, it was some throwaway question, like most of the questions were. And Donald Trump went off on this answer about the inner cities because he saw that it was a black guy, and then clearly, because it's a black guy, he must be really concerned about the inner cities. <laughs> so this is the case with Donald Trump. I better, it's urban development, right. so I better get someone who looks urban. You know. Like Ben Carson. <laughs> just, oh my God, so many things are running through my mind that I could say, and they're all not very friendly toward Ben Carson. It's very... He's like a Batman villain. He wants he just, to... He just needed to stay a surgeon, and unfortunately, he thought that he was going to... I, I don't know. I All these picks that Trump is, you know, trying to fill his cabinet, I, I, I all of them are just huge disasters here's how i'm gonna solve the inner cities (laughs) i'm gonna say hey inner cities it's all the it's all the feminist fault climb aboard the z train to snoozeville (laughs) all you inner city people well he did kind of uh i remember that you know a couple of years ago or last year i don't remember there was some kind of issue where he was tying feminism into um blaming you know the uh I don't know, the demise of inner cities or something like that. He, Who was you know, saying that? Uh, ben, Car- Carson. ben Carson? Yeah. Oh, of course he was. 
So like I should have I should have guessed that right away because any crazy thing that's coming from uh, (laughs) he's just he's just blows my mind. You know, he actually he saved somebody who I care about um, and somebody in my family. He did brain surgery on them and and saved her life. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm I've always, you know, I'm I'm grateful for what he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, you know, that's, that was what he did as a doctor. And I know that he had good by bedside manner. Mm-hmm. He was, um, he explained the operation in detail. Well, of course actually he, does. On the like, napkin. he like goes into the, uh, goes into the room there. The, <laughs> your relative is, is, is laying there. He's like, all right, here's what we're going to do. Ain't, ain't going to be no anesthesia. <laughs> I was going to have you. Oh, wait here. Here comes vice president or president elect Donald Trump. <laughs> With a soft version of China to match this lullaby music. China. <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm gonna read you a bedtime story he, he about should. the Z train to Snoozeville. Come on. He, he can't be in charge of anything. <laughs> Nothing. No. And he said, of course he said he can't. You know, he's not. He's completely unqualified for any yeah. governmental position. And so what happens? He's appointed to one right. of the most major governmental positions. Yeah. I mean, a cabinet level position is a pretty big deal, and it involves you know government. And uh, Ben Carson insists that he's not qualified for anything having to do with government, which makes you wonder, why the hell did he run for president in the first place? Well, you know, there's always book deals in that. And remember, the scary thing was is... <laughs> that's what I need to do. I should just run for president and I'll get a book deal. Well, that, that's, of course, the entire purpose of many of the Republicans <laughs> who ran for president was to get a book deal, to, to amplify their uh, their deal points with Fox News Channel or mm-hmm. something like that. So that's actually a really good business model. If you want to publish a book, you know, if you want the sequel we'll to run for Republic, we'll run on the Republican side. Your latest book is is called Peyton's Choice, right? Yes. So if you, when you write a sequel to it, just run for president first. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Simon and Schuster will be beating down the door for that one. Uh, okay, we're going to take a uh, a short break here in a second. When we come back, we're going to talk about the latest on the carrier deal, which becomes more and more of a disaster, but more and more beloved every day by people who. <sighs> stupidly watch cable news uh but before we talk about carrier we have to do this uh omaha steaks omaha steaks are uh not only amazing steaks but i said i mentioned this last week this is the best time to uh to order omaha steaks for your your friends and family put it on your uh, holiday shopping list because you can rest assured knowing that the steaks are going to get to where they need to go. And if they don't, Omaha Steaks will, at least this is what happened to me, Omaha Steaks will send a replacement package of steaks uh, for free. That was my experience. I sent a, a package of steaks to a business colleague. It arrived after he left for the holidays, so the steaks got all rotten. So I called up Omaha Steaks and said, can you fix this? And Omaha Steaks sent, sent the guy an all-new package of the same order for free. And it wasn't even their fault. It was just a mishap. That's what Omaha Steaks is all about. With the holidays coming, how do you find the perfect gift when they seem to already have everything? Maybe you have no ideas at all or need a new idea this year. Here's a way to solve all of that with a click of a mouse, no trips to a crowded mall or a crowded superstore. Omaha Steaks with 77% savings just because you listen to the Bob and Chez show. For you, the Omaha Steaks family gift pack for just $49.99. But you have to use our code BCS to get that great price. Here's what you get in the family gift pack. For under 50 bucks, you'll be getting two filet mignons, two stop top sirloins, two boneless pork chops, four boneless chicken breasts, four kielbasa sauces, four burgers, a 12-ounce package of all-beef meatballs, 
four au gratin potatoes. Love that. Four caramel apple tartlets and a packet of uh, Omaha's own steak seasoning. And because Omaha Steaks is always generous, four more kielbasas for free. Everyone loves free kielbasas. Imagine all that food for under 50 bucks, but only because you listen to us and use our code BCS in the search bar at omahasteaks.com. There you'll also find over 500 gourmet gift ideas, including seafood, poultry, pork and lamb, appetizers, pasta, soup, sausages, and so much more. It's morning time as I record this, and I want it to be dinner time now so I can eat all this crap. Not to mention that tender, delicious aged beef trimmed by hand and vacuum sealed. So don't miss this amazing Bob and Chez offer. Enter our code BCS in the search bar at omahasteaks.com and choose the family gift pack or several for just $49.99 each. That's BCS at omahasteaks.com. Bob and Chet Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Welcome back to our Tuesday show. Thanks for joining us. It's the most wonderful time. Chez is on uh, on assignment. I was like to say he's on assignment for his other job. There's only Chez, there's only one job, and that's to do this show. It's the most <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. He's off doing television. Big shot. Fancy, fancy. Chez, do, Chez doing television. Fuck you. <laughs> I mean, what do you say to that? Anyway, uh, okay. Getting back to uh, oh, fun, fun Donald Trump news. Trump's carrier deal is just a massive disaster. Just a huge scam at taxpayers' uh, expense. But the way this was packaged in the news media, I'm sure you watched all of these headlines coming down. Kimberly, Kimberly Johnson filling in for Chess today. Sixty uh, percent of Americans favor. The carrier deal. A new Politico morning consult poll finds that 60% of voters overwhelmingly view President-elect Donald Trump's negotiations with carrier, which resulted in about 1,000 manufacturing jobs remaining in Indiana rather than moving to Mexico, as an appropriate use of presidential prerogative. And actually what we're finding out today is it's not even... It's not even a thousand jobs. It's not even eight hundred jobs, as Donald Trump was saying, or some other reports. Actually, Donald Trump was saying it's a thousand jobs. Other reports were saying over the weekend that it's more like eight hundred jobs. There's a, one of the unions that's involved in Carrier uh, and in United Technologies is saying that it's actually only seven hundred thirty factory jobs. Last week, President-elect Donald Trump told workers that he had struck a deal with United Technologies, the parent company of Carrier, to retain. Huh. 1,100 jobs. See, the number's all over the place. 1,100 jobs in Indiana rather than uh, let them go to Mexico. This was all in response to an announcement earlier this year that Carrier was closing down two plants and moving over 2,000 factory jobs down south. According to the news as well, um, it was well received by the workers. More details are now coming out, uh, perhaps revealing that while jobs were saved, the number may not be as great as reported. According to the local union at the Indianapolis plant, the total number of jobs saved is actually a little more than 700, with Trump counting 350 R&D jobs that were never slated to leave in the first place. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, Donald Trump. Um, <laughs> so he's playing some... Uh, what, what, is it, what did George W. Bush call that when you play, 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 uh, play with the numbers? It's... Uh, <laughs> Silly math or something like fuzzy that. Fuzzy math. Fuzzy math. Thank you. Yeah. Fuzzy math. Donald Trump using fuzzy math here. 
<laughs> silly. Yeah. I, I think we should actually change it to silly math. I prefer <laughs> silly math to fuzzy math. Um, so it's 350 R&D jobs. We're never slated to leave. Uh, so it's more like 700 jobs that were saved. But then what everyone is overlooking is that there were 1,300 jobs that are still leaving. Yeah. So way more jobs are leaving to Mexico than are staying, right? And in the process, Donald Trump's incentive for them to stay there is to give them all kinds of tax breaks. Even though he promised back in March to make them pay a damn tax. We actually have the audio here. This is Donald Trump back in March of 2016 threatening carriers saying, hey, you know what? We're going to build a trade wall. He loves building walls. He's going to build a trade wall and they're going to have to pay a damn tax. Listen to Donald Trump talking about carriers. Now we're going to have a real wall. We're going to take care of those two guys and your other... Your other 1,300, you understand what I'm going to say, right? We're going to take care. We spread the word to the... Ta- we- See, now, he, what he's talking to, he's pointing to a couple of guys from Carrier in the crowd at his rally and saying that he's going to save those guys' jobs as, uh, along with 1,300 of their fellow employees. So 1,300 is an interesting number because 1,300 is actually the number of the people who are... Uh, be- their jobs are being outsourced. They're being fired and their jobs are being sent to Mexico. Uh, well, one thing to point out, I mean, on 538, there's an article about this, and the first sentence is, the U.S. gained 178,000 jobs in November. But the only yep. one that anyone's talking about is Carrier. Yeah, and of course, uh, Barack Obama's approval rating on jobs in the economy yeah. is is lower than, than most. So it's, again, what we're f- up against here is fake news and misinformation and c- cable news soft-pedaling the Donald Trump administration, normalizing the Donald Trump administration. And, of course, when I say cable news, I don't mean everybody in cable news. I mean <laughs> enough people in cable news to uh, precipitate a 60% approval for this god-awful carrier deal. Yeah. So only 700, 730 jobs are saved, 1,300 jobs still going to Mexico, uh, and 60% of people just love the deal. And it's costing taxpayers in Indiana $7 million in tax incentives for, for carrier alone. This is an amazingly bad deal, setting a horrible precedent. I mean, I just don't understand. Is Donald Trump going to run around almost like a, like a plate-spitting act and constantly be trying to rescue jobs one by one here or there? He doesn't understand how the presidency works. Clearly. It's just, it like he doesn't understand that what you do in order to save time and save jobs across the board is you have policy proposals and things that you do legislatively to rescue jobs across an entire sector, like Barack Obama did in 2009 when he rescued the audio industry by offering them not a handout, but a loan that they were forced by law to pay back to the federal government with interest, which they did, rescued the uh, the auto industry, rescued GM and Chrysler specifically, created one to two million jobs in 2009 alone, immediately saved 250,000 jobs, you know, that's a, that's what you normally do if you're a president and you want to rescue jobs. Mm-hmm. You don't go and say, you know, threaten to make a damn tax. Here's more of Donald Trump last March. This is Donald Trump's plan that he didn't execute. We'll get him. And maybe it's not even too late. They ought to do this fast. Let him tell them you're going to pay a damn tax when you leave this country and you think you're going to sell product because we're all so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are so stupid. 
60% of us are effing morons if they think that this carrier deal is a great job. What this makes me think of is Kansas and how Brownback um, destroyed the economy and then he was reelected. <laughs> right. So it just it makes me feel like, I don't know, it doesn't matter that the what the truth is. Yeah. You know, the, the idea that the people who are so pro-Trump or even the people who are forgiving of Trump and maybe not like screaming um, his name and, you know, and acting like a lunatic about him, they just accept. They just accept mm-hmm. what uh, he's telling them or, you know, what certain right-wing news is telling them. And it doesn't matter if their house falls down in front of them. They're still going to be like, well, Trump's better. Yeah. I mean, I just don't, it's like a cult. It's we're we're in the post fact era now where yeah. the details don't matter at all. It's all about personal perception, it's all about uh I mean there was was there a recent poll this week in fact that showed that even if the news media points out Donald Trump's lies most Trump voters, I think like 80% of Trump voters yeah, won't believe care. it. They no, don't they, care. They don't care. And they don't care on top of it. It's just frightening. It's, it's, it's you know, we, we can praise the internet all day for all kinds of wonderful things that the internet has offered our lives. But one of the other things that it's offered our lives is, you know, information all over the place. And it, 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 it has become an echo chamber. Yeah. Um, for different groups. The, I think the democratization of information has actually made us stupider in a yeah. lot of ways. It, it has. I mean, look at, I mean, we have a world of information at our fingertips, and yet, as you said, like the people of Kansas keep reelecting Sam Brownback after having decimated the economy there. I mean, the people of Michigan, I mean, one of their cities in Michigan has been poisoned by Republican uh, malfeasance and incompetence. And what do they do? They elect Donald Trump. Yeah. Michigan. I, I, I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense. It's Well, it does. You know what? It actually makes an amazing amount of sense when you look at it the right way, which has to do entirely with the press. You know, there was, yeah. uh, I'm skipping ahead here, but it seems to make sense, I think, from a uh, segue point of view. Chris Eliza, who's one of the most uh, insufferable people in the mainstream press, uh, wrote an article today about uh, why the Democrats are lagging behind at the state level, uh, certainly at the congressional level, and now at the presidential level, and uh, and he seems to think that it's you know it's the boilerplate idea. They're not reaching the Democrats aren't reaching out to blue white blue collar voters in the Rust Belt, and he doesn't get it. What the problem here is. More so than I think than that, and so I'm not denying that 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 that's a problem. And certainly, there's a certain amount of outreach that needs to happen. I, I'm a I'm a, in favor of a multi pronged approach to revitalizing the Democratic Party. Um, but what he's not getting is, I think, more than anything else, it's the news media that's creating this massive disconnect. How else can you have a, an economic disaster like Kansas and have Sam Brownback mm-hmm. reelected? I don't think any amount of Democratic campaigning can overcome nonsense like that. Well, yeah, it's the press, but it's also, um, you know, like, for instance, on there's one of my favorite hate pages is Chicks on the Right. (laughs) I don't go there too often anymore because it's just I can't stomach it. They love my T-shirts. Yeah, I know, because you're 
your <laughs> what did they call you? They call Bobby McChester. Bobby McChester, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's all they had on you. That's all they had. China. So, uh, <laughs> um, you know, when you when you read comments, whether you know whether it's Young Cons or the Federalist Papers or or any of these, you know, being Republican sites, um, you know, again, it's that echo chamber. But when you just read individual comments you can see such vitriol and hatred yeah and i mean granted it's on our side too because on the liberal side you know there there's hatred for what republicans are doing there's hate hatred for individual people if they're you know misogynist or racist or whatever but anyway what that does i think is it lends itself to how we perceive um politics how we perceive the news so you mm. know the idea that you know Republicans have turned liberal into a bad word, and yeah. so so it's like whatever the liberals do is bad, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter. It just it doesn't matter yeah. that the you know they're screaming about oh you know well the the liberals uh, mess up the are you know are because if you look at the word liberal, if you attach the word liberal to anything, it's not going to do very well right. in places like Kansas. Well, listen, all you need to hear is the word Democrat, and then you're done. Yeah, exactly, you're dead in the water. So. But I mean, I, I mean, look at what's happening in, in Kentucky. When you ask people in Kentucky what they think of Obamacare, they effing hate it. They can't stand Obamacare. But when you say, what do you think about the Connect marketplace for healthcare? They go, oh, that's great. Don't yeah. touch it. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't make any sense because Connect is the Obamacare marketplace in Kentucky. And they keep electing Republicans well, who want to like get, get rid of get it. Get your hands off or get, keep your government out of my Medicare. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's just basically this whole uh, disconnect and hatred and yeah. division. And it's just going back to what you were saying about what Democrats can do. Yeah, there is a multi-prong uh, approach, and I, I hope that we utilize it. But we do have to figure a way to overcome what they're hearing on the news, what they're hearing from Fox News, what they're hearing from, you know, those sites out there, Young Cons, Chicks on the Right, all of them. Because the other day, um, I happened to read an article by this horrid Chicks on the Right writer, Red Dawn. And she's my least favorite of all. She's uh, a young woman, maybe a little bit younger than me. So she's in her 30s, I think. Mm -hmm. But uh, raised on Rush Limbaugh, proudly raised on Rush Limbaugh. And she's like a Rush girl or something like that. And, you know, her whole take on this Taiwan China thing she just completely dismissed all of it like oh my god you guys it's really not a big deal right. it's, China. Just, <laughs> it's just liberals are just so freaked out about everything I mean this was like the <laughs> the gist of her article and then you go and read the comments on on the uh, on the Facebook page and the, what people are saying it's like they didn't specifically say this because I did take a snapshot and I posted it on my wall but it's the whole idea of there's a new sheriff in town oh, and, you know, and, it, and it's yep. like no, but how do you even reason with them? Yeah, you don't. You so, don't. So I mean, but during the Bush years, what I discovered toward the end is, and this was something that I had been observing, but I hadn't quite crystallized it in my head as far as a uh, a full on commentary in terms of the dynamic online. But I do believe that, and this is maybe some sort of uh, silver lining in all of this is that the right is not very good at playing defense and the left is really good at playing offense. I think the left is much more cohesive, much more powerful, and uh, and, and the opposition is more fierce when there is a Republican president in office. Yeah. And I think in that regard, there could be some positive developments coming out of this. Certainly, well, I would be happy to sidestep all of that and have a Democratic right. president in the White House, certainly. But I think um, on the bright side... 
I do think that we come to play when it's time to be an opposition party and an op- opposition group. And that is absolutely good news. We've got to take a, uh, a short break and we come back. We'll continue with this conversation right after these words. Okay, you want to know the best way to support the show? The best way to support the Bob and Chez show is to go shopping at Amazon.com using our Amazon link. Here's how you do it. Go to BobSeska.com and click the Amazon link in all caps just beneath the logo on the main page. The link takes you to the main page of Amazon.com as usual. You go shopping. We get a small commission from everything you buy. It costs you nothing extra, and it helps support the show. And if you run a small business and source your materials from Amazon, make sure to use the link for all your purchases. And don't forget to bookmark it. Thanks so much for supporting the show and our Amazon link. Shove Bob and Chez into your pants and haul them around with you wherever you go. China! Subscribe to the Bob and Chez Show in the podcast section on iTunes. Okay, it's the Amazon link for the holidays. If you haven't started your holiday shopping, do it now. This is your homework assignment. Or you can do it while you're listening to the show, in fact. Go to bobseska.com, find the big giant Amazon link just beneath the logo. Go to amazon.com, get all kinds of great holiday shopping deals. Maybe even sign up for Amazon Prime, a 30-day free trial of that, and you get free shipping. And you can always then unsubscribe after the 30 days. I mean, I'm not supposed to tell you that, but that's, you know, you can try that with Amazon Prime. Why not? Uh, and of course, you help support the show doing all of that. And don't forget to bookmark it. That's the easiest way to get to the Amazon link. If you click the Amazon link, just make a, a favorite in your favorites folder. Or if you're a, a small business owner, make sure to use the Amazon link to source all of your materials. Okay, moving along here with our Tuesday show. Well, um, we were we were just talking about brown back, and we were talking about yeah. one thing that I would like to point out um, is. Pat McCrory conceded <laughs> yes. and he lost. And what I love about this, um, just a little background on this. When I was, uh, I think it was like in 2013, I became aware of a young activist by the name of Madison Kimry. Madison, yeah. Who at the time was 12. And the reason I became aware of her was because she had started a petition online to meet with McCrory about, McCrory about his uh, his slashing all the voter rights in North Carolina and one yeah, of, voter ID especially yeah and but her issue was that he got rid of the uh, six, where 16 and 17 year olds could pre-register to vote so you know she she was she's always been like this crazy smart kid and mm-hmm. I think she's like 15 now but um, she wanted to meet with him and he wouldn't meet with her and I had never really heard of him prior to her uh, petition to talk with him yeah so when when uh, finally he he would never actually talk to her, mm-hmm. and she specifically said she goes I don't want to make this like a partisan argument. I just want to sit down with you and I want to discuss voting rights, especially for young people. And so <laughs> since he wouldn't do it, um, he would only kind of talk about her on radio shows or oh in interviews. God. And what he called her was a prop for liberal groups. It's horrendous, and, um, you know. Oh my God, I know he's so awful. She's fourteen or whatever. Well, at the She's time like- she was twelve. <laughs> You know, and what's what's so funny was when she was a little girl, she used to love George Bush. Yeah. And, you know, clearly she didn't know what, you know, understand politics at that point. She just, there was something about her. She's a little phenom and, you know, she just, for whatever reason, she liked George Bush. And so... um, you yeah, know, she, you know she's going to be a senator, maybe even uh, maybe even Prezi. something at the presidential maybe, level. Maybe Prezi Kimry, Madison Kimry. But, remember um, that name? Yeah. So she just she actually wrote something on Liberals Unite titled. 
Good riddance to loser Pat McCrory, who was much more than a misogynistic, bigoted bully and public menace. (laughs) I love her. So I I actually have that on my Twitter feed. So if you want to take a look, I'm at author Kimberly. um, And my handle is author Kimberly, but it's Kimberly with an L-E-Y, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. Yeah, there you go. So the bad news is that no one's paying attention to the goddamn Louisiana, Louisiana Senate race yeah. right now, which is a big deal, and it's uh, it's getting completely lost in the in the mix. Uh, the The Democrat right now is losing big time to State Treasurer and Republican John Kennedy. Weird name, but uh, Foster Campbell, who's the Democrat, they had they're having a runoff election because the the, the race was so tight on election day that uh they're trying they're doing a redo at this point mm-hmm. <laughs> john kennedy again the republican don't get confused here john kennedy is the republican and i wonder if some people are confused by that but regardless uh the republican is leading 60 to 40 percent at this point so well, the, the republican has a, tw- a 20 point lead and there is zero discussion happening in political twitter I don't know what's happening on political Facebook, but well, I've, more I've, Twitter, I've but. posted about it on some of the pa- you know on my personal page and on some of the pages that I'm an admin on. But this is something that I would really like to address, um, you know, as an activist and as somebody who is, I guess, a self-proclaimed political junkie. Mm-hmm. Um, what I've noticed is that liberals specifically <laughs> are reactive and not yeah. proactive. Oh God, and yeah. This is why we have president trump you know i i was trying to raise money for a rally a couple of years ago um for for we are woman and granted it was just a rally it's not like i was raising money that was going to specifically help a family in need or or something like that it was for it was a rally and it was focusing on why we need the equal rights amendment raising money was so difficult and i mean i would beg and i hate begging for money online but i would beg for money online and while this was happening there was some kind of contest for potato salad which received fifty thousand dollars for like the recipe people were donating to this potato salad thing yet nobody wanted to fucking donate for the we are woman rally and yeah. you know and it's and, and and i'm just bringing up the we are woman rally as as a point not that i'm complaining about that particular thing but it's like liberals are really really good at ignoring stuff until it's too late oh yeah yeah we always come in after the fact or while it's happening we gotta stop that yeah i mean remember uh i always bring up this example because it's it was both invigorating and encouraging but at the same time ultimately frustrating and that was the wendy davis filibuster in texas against that that trap law that they uh tried they actually successfully passed despite wendy davis's best efforts but what happened was is everyone climbed aboard everyone heard about it first when it was almost too late it was like at the 11th hour wendy davis was maybe halfway through her filibuster um it was fait accompli it was going to be something that was going to end up passing uh republicans tried all kinds of shenanigans and ended up passing it uh, ultimately at the end of the day the problem is that we only climbed aboard at the last minute we didn't see it coming down main street and we should have uh, the, the left should have seen oh, this. there's Democratic all kinds Party. of problems with that yeah i mean in addition to being reactive i i don't think we're paying enough attention to state races to state uh, legislatures and no, governorships i mean certainly you know i was looking at the uh what's going to be on the ballot in 2017 there aren't going to be many state level races on the ballot in 2017 it's going to be mostly uh local elections at that point in time there's going to be a couple of runoff elections uh for congress which are still going to be important because uh guys like tom price member of congress he's going to have to someone's going to have to uh run for his seat and take over that seat so 
maybe there's an opportunity there for the Democrats, but there's only maybe three or four uh, congressional races because of the transition here. Um, and there are, I think, just maybe two or three state-level races, statewide races, but most are, are local. So there's not going to be much of an opportunity at the state level. But again, the the mission that I've been recommending, the 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 strategy that I've been pushing for for many many years now, is that the Democratic Party really needs to start at the at the most local level yes. possible and work it work its way back into running the country. <laughs> Because I think if the Democratic Party does a better job selling these ideas, especially now, we were talking about this yesterday, especially now that the Democratic Party has incorporated a lot of uh, Bernie Sanders ideas into the platform, they just need to do a better job of selling this crap, of owning it, for God's sake, own own being a liberal. It's like Deval Patrick said during the 2008 convention, he said the Democrats have to grow a backbone, yeah. to, to grow a spine because what did the what did the Republicans do? So I'm going off on a, a whole thing that I didn't plan to do for the show. But what did the Republicans do after Barack Obama was elected? They said that they were all going to make him a one-term president. Make him a one-term president and uprose the Tea Party. Mm-hmm. And so the Republicans yeah, and they got in they got in the local and state level. Yeah, and you know, and then what they did. Um, they what? primary challenged other sitting Republicans who were too moderate. I mean, they actually pivoted more to the right, didn't right. they? Yes. And then once they gained legislative power, um, and this is a lament of mine all the time, is that yeah. I hear from Democrats that, oh, it's going to take too long. It take, you know, It's a long process. Well, I saw the Tea Party go in and make all kinds of legislative changes very quickly. Mm-hmm. And, and in so many instances they broke rules you know i mean when you go back to that wendy davis thing um what wound up happening and i was i was following this as it was happening that particular evening um you know they they i guess the the eventual bill was um she was successful in the filibuster that evening but in the in the end she lost yeah but that night the uh the texas uh, whatever the website was that was announcing, you know, the legislature was announcing what happened. Mm-hmm. They basically said she lost. And then there was some wonk who got a screen capture um, and, and it was wrong. So long story short, they lied. They yeah. said that, um, you know, the bill went through, which it hadn't. And, uh, and then they had to go change it back. What were the repercussions on that? They didn't experience any. Nobody got in trouble for... Um, altering and lying on a, on a public um, government website, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, and if you look it up, you know, I'm, it's been a while since I've uh, even talked about this, so I don't have all the details in front of me, but if you just look up, you know, the Wendy Davis uh, um, filibuster and, and look up, you know, you just do, do uh, look up that they changed the, uh, Oh, they did. They, they changed the yeah. They changed, they, no, the, they changed the, uh, the timer, didn't they? It had something to do with the well, countdown, the, it, the time, and then the number. Well, they of, said that the vote passed when it didn't, or I mean, that the, the bill passed, that they had enough votes or something, but they actually didn't, and right. so the vote, the vote, the bill eventually passed, but it mm-hmm. wasn't that evening. So they lied about it, <laughs> and you know there was other things that they lied about too. But I guess anyway. my my point is that th- this should have started back, yeah, like you know, like back when the uh, the bill was introduced initially. It like uh, this is where we should have climbed on board, not when it's 
<laughs> filibuster time at the 11th hour. You know right. what I mean? Right, that's, right. That's but really I mean, the point is, is that the, the Republicans were able to get in and do a, to, to make a lot of changes very quickly, whether it was legal or not. And, you know, what I hear from liberals and progressives all the time is how long everything is going to take. And, oh, it's just, gonna, you know, it's like, well, OK, in some instances, yes, change change in legislation is going to take a while. Yeah. But the the story that we can take from the Tea Party is that if liberals get involved and they get involved in the local and state levels, um, what, you know, let me just veer off a little bit. One thing that I did see, and I'm, and I'm hopeful about this, is I guess after, uh, after the election, a lot of women have decided to get into politics and, and run for office. So that's good. After they saw what happened to Hillary. But, you know, this, this all comes from I've always said this, you know, people who are comfortable aren't motivated. Mm-hmm. You people are motivated. That's why the Republicans have been so motivated. Yeah. You know, because they have been uncomfortable. They did not like Barack Obama. They don't like, you know, the uh, Democratic agenda. So they have felt uncomfortable and they've been motivated to go change things. Well, yep. it's our turn now. Well, I would hope that in the future we're motivated before we're, you know, before we're uncomfortable. Yeah. And the Democrats really need to ignore people like Chris Saliza. L- or Mark Halperin or Joe Scarborough who are all saying, well, you know, in order to win, you have to pivot to the center. You have to go after the blue-collar white people in the Rust Belt and all that crap. And and my point of view is, no, you don't have to do that, as proved by the Tea Party. And I, I really hate to use the Tea Party as an example because I loathe what they actually stood for. But they but were strategically, successful. Yeah, strategically, that not it right? The, the conservative movement owned the right-wing of the movement and they pushed it through to the point where the Republican establishment had no choice but to embrace it. And I think the same thing can happen now if the left just gets its act together. And I think because of the nefariousness of Donald Trump, there's a solid chance that the left will uh, congeal around that as a, as a centralizing uh, cause. And I, I really hope so. I, I really hope that. Yeah, so we got to take, got to take a short break and uh, we'll wrap up the show right after this. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. This is the Bob and Chez Show with Bob Zeska and Chez Pazienza, presented by BubbleGenius.com. All right, welcome back to the show. Thanks for supporting the show at Patreon.com slash Bob and Chez. If you... If you haven't yet signed up, go and do it. I don't know what the hell you're waiting for. Maybe even gift it to someone for the uh, for the holidays. Okay, uh, what's next? 
I guess we need to get to this. Um, the latest Trump disaster, <laughs> the latest thing in the uh, in the tennis ball machine, has to do with. Uh, it's so stupid. An order with Boeing for Air Force One. Uh, Donald Trump tweeted today, Boeing is building a brand new 747 Air Force One for future presidents, but costs are out of control. More than $4 billion. Cancel order! Exclamation mark. <laughs> I haven't even heard about this, so I don't have any. <laughs> so Donald Trump is canceling a defense contract over Twitter. China! So insane. And of course, he's lying about it, too. Yeah. So not only is he trying to do something stupid, like canceling a defense contract with Boeing over Twitter, but the number isn't even right. He said $4 billion. Electors? <laughs> I know. Electors, please, please. Are you hearing any of this? Are you following Twitter? Hello? Hello, is this on? Boeing responds to Trump. Air Force One deal is for $170 million. Donald Trump got it wrong, of course. Of course. Boeing on Tuesday responded to President-elect Donald Trump's criticism over the cost of a new Air Force One plane, saying the contract is actually for $170 million. Trump earlier Tuesday tweeted that the deal was for more than $4 billion. As he called for the order to be canceled. We are currently under contract for $170 million to help determine the capabilities of these complex military aircraft that serves the unique requirements of the President of the United States, Boeing said in a statement. We look forward to working with the Air U.S. Air Force on subsequent phases of the program to deliver the best planes for the President at the best value for the American taxpayer. Yeah, so, of course, what we're going to see... For the next week, or the, uh, let's say, I don't think this is going to be a week-long news cycle in the Air Force One thing. Let's say the next 24 hours. Everybody on cable news, minus the good guys, you know, the good guys being people like Lawrence O'Donnell and Chris Hayes and Rachel Maddow and Joy Reid, minus the good guys, everyone else on cable news are going to be like, $4 billion! Yeah. Wasteful spending! Right. <laughs> Pentagon procurements need to be reformed! Rah! And of course, that's not what the reality is at all. <sighs> so and what, we, what we know, obviously, is that what Donald Trump wants to do is Donald Trump wants to use his own goddamn airplane right. and then bill the American government for use of that airplane so he can somehow profit and enrich himself and his family uh, from from the presidency. Again, as you said before, electors. Yeah. Are you <laughs> Hello? Are you, I just, uh... Electors. Anybody? You know, when I um, got involved in uh, <laughs> online politics and, yeah. and Facebook and everything, um, we, you know, we had, obviously, we had uh, um, Barack Obama because I started in 2012. Yeah. So I'm fairly new to all of this. And, you know, we were fighting against what, what got my attention was the Rush Limbaugh, Sandra Fluke issue and the mm -hmm. defunding of Planned Parenthood and the Susan B. Komen Foundation and all of that. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I mean, there was the Republican war on women and we were fighting against that. And now, you know, I mean, I, I felt as if I had... Um, at least my my presence online uh, that I had carved something out where I felt comfortable and you know even though now I I, I can't even make sense of it and yeah. you know what I mean all all I I have it's it's brand new it's like what the hell is this yeah You've and never just, expected this to happen and it's I'm like trying so hard to figure out aside from the the normal messaging that I always have about women's issues I mean I've always I, I haven't only talked about women's issues but um 
you know, but that's certainly been my uh, main focus. But right now, I mean, what I guess, I feel like I'm all over the map. I have yet to uh, really get some kind of solid message yeah. out there other than that I think as as liberals and I'm just going to say this we need to stop pointing fingers mm-hmm. at this point in the game yep. um, if, if somebody voted for Jill Stein they voted for Jill Stein I did not I voted for Hillary Clinton mm-hmm. but it's it's a waste of time for me to say you messed everything up because you voted for Jill Stein yeah. no we have to say all right let's figure out how to motivate the Jill Stein the Bernie vote whatever to to vote in the Democratic Party next time. Let's yeah. figure out how to get them ex- excited and inspired and motivated. Well, I think part of that will be merely circumstantial. I think that we're seeing a lot of uh, we're seeing a lot of postmortems being written about the uh, about the results of the election. A lot of blame being tossed around. None of it is healthy, as no, far as I'm concerned. No, it's not healthy. Uh, but I, I think just by the very nature of a Trump presidency and a Republican Congress, I do think that the left will be much more cohesive, as I was saying before. And that, I think that includes certainly the uh, the Jill Stein voters. And what Jill Stein doing is doing as far as the recount goes, I think, is going a long way. I thought it was very smart of her to do this because not only is it helping her reputation, it's also helping to bring uh, Voting, factions yeah, of the left and, back together. Well, and then the idea of voter integrity. But I yeah. think, you know, the idea is that we uh, we just have to get over anger. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, and, and the thing is, is also we can't only rely on the idea that we're going to have a crazy man as president or even if we're fortunate enough to have somebody like John Kasich or something like that. That can't be the driving force of mm-hmm. how we get uh it, it, it can't be the way that we think we're going to win. Yeah. We have to go farther than that. Yeah, really. It's a, it's a lot of triage. A lot of triage has to go on as far as prioritizing what we fight and and what we don't fight. What you know, picking our battles. Where do we want to? What hill do we want to die on? And I think we have to be careful with that. But I think at the same time, the stronger uh, the the left gets, I think the greater odds for uh, success in 2018 are. I think on the post-mortem show, we're going to talk about Joe Biden. Did you see Joe Biden? Are you talking about 2020? Yeah. (laughs) Lots of stuff to talk about on the post-mortem show. That's coming up next. Patreon.com slash Bob and Chess. Sign up now at the $5 level. You can get these two extra shows every damn week. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you again on Thursday, folks. Bye-bye. China!